Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we journey into science fiction, science fact, and fantasy in all their forms. And not necessarily in that order. I'm your host, Gene Turnpoe, and this is my co-host, Susan Fox. Good morning. And uh, you're listening to The Event Horizon here on Krypton Radio, and our guest this evening is Vic Halterman, the uh, president and CEO of GameRant.com and ScreenRant.com, and you just won the Geeky Awards for 2014 for ScreenRant.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. This will be the first of our geeky geeky winner series, and I'm very excited about this. We do read Screen Rant. We do quote you, or your writers. So let's start at the beginning. How did you come to rant.com? Oh, man. Well, you guys look like you are uh, probably like me. You, you remember back in the day when blogs were still called web blogs. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Right? I remember. And uh, and I was always kind of a techie guy. And uh, I've always loved I, – I grew up on Starlock Magazine. Ah, that was, us uh, too. Me too. That's what we had to get our sci-fi news back then. We had to wait a whole month for it, right? There was no internet. So. Right, and, and Cinemagic Magazine. Yeah, absolutely. Know. And uh, so, you know, or I, Cinefix. I, I always Cinefix. loved sci-fi movies. I was weaned on Star Wars in the theater, the original ones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And those were just um, kind of seminal like, movie experiences for me. And, uh, I, you know, when, when uh, they came out with blogs... You know, I just thought I'd want to mess around with one. You know, I, I thought the web was cool, and uh, I just kind of set one up, and, and, and I thought, well, what would I want to talk about? I, I'd talk about movies and TV and sci-fi, and at the time, um, you know, I thought, you know, there, there's a lot of dumb decisions coming out of Hollywood, and, I, and that's where oh, I came yeah. up with the name Screen Rant, a place mm-hmm. to complain about a lot of the stupid stuff that I thought was happening as far as you know, projects and, and uh, casting decisions, things like that. Oh, and like the Fantastic Four movie, hobby. don't get me started. <laughs> Sorry. Don't start. <laughs> so it started as a little hobby, and uh, I just kept playing with it. And back then, um, you know, Google was in its infancy, and I, I found that I started getting visitors, and then I added comments to the site. People were actually commenting on my posts, and I'm like, wow, people are actually reading what I have to say. And uh, so eventually, you know, I started bringing on writers, and after a while, probably about six years ago, I thought, wow, there may be something to this, you know. And uh, I brought on my first full-time person, and, uh, and and it just went on from there. Traffic doubled year over year, and I kept refining it. And uh, I don't even write for the site anymore. I haven't written for the site in a couple of years now. Now I just run the site. Oh, that's uh, I've got pretty an awesome. amazing team. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, now we're up to, I don't know, about 12 million unique visitors a month on screen wrap. So it's been that quite a is, That's a jaw-dropping amount of traffic. Well, they earned it, didn't they? It's crazy. There, it's there are not many websites that, uh, that have that kind of traffic. And you obviously, um, you obviously were there at exactly the right moment in the history of the internet in order to, to get to where you are now. It's a secret of success in comedy, right? <laughs> Timing. Timing is everything, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, it's, uh, it, it's been crazy. You know, I mean, um, I've been fortunate. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a background in some things that helped the site grow as well. Uh, because I remember, you know, back then it was just uh, basically, what was it? It was uh, Any Cool News, Dark Horizons, uh, Cinematical. Remember Cinematical? Mm-hmm. Um, I and, don't remember. Uh, I course, do. I, you know, Dark Horizons, cool yes, but Cinematical, no. No, they, they were they were a player back in the day, and they got bought by AOL. And within about six months, the site ceased to exist. So that's probably why I don't remember it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but they've it's all no, gone it's... on to different gigs, and uh, uh-huh. all all the guys who are the key people there, they've gone on, and uh, they're gainfully employed in the uh, same genre. So, all right. And then, how did uh, uh, when did Game Game Rant? Well, Game Rant, you know, I thought, well, you know, if we could do this with with uh, movies and TV, why not with games? And uh, one of my key people on. Uh, screen rant, Rob Keys. He's an avid gamer, mm-hmm. and uh, he thought he could take it on, and uh, so we launched that. It's been a little slow going. Sorry, that was my phone. Telling me <laughs> That's um, all right. So, um, so we made a go of that, and it's been a little slower to grow, but um, you know, it, it, it's gaining some traction, and, uh, and 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 it's a good site. And I'm going to start paying more attention to it. Sadly, uh, I will freely admit it's been kind of like my redheaded stepchild. I haven't really paid as much attention to it, but that's only been because I'm not a gamer. And I've only, as I mentioned to you guys before the call started, um, I only just recently bought my first console, and I'm a Destiny addict now. And uh, so now I've got a little bit more insight into uh, gaming, a little tiny bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to get a little more involved on there and, uh, and see if I can grow it uh, some more. Well, it's uh... Our 16-year-old is going to be very interested in Game Rant. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think every, just about every 16 year old boy is these days. When I was a kid, uh, we all played D&D. Yeah, we we all played D&D and we all, you know, it was like the latest, uh, the latest book to come out from Macmillan Press and, you know, and that was our social lives. Oh, yeah, I know. I remember, I remember going to the arcade with a roll of quarters and I wouldn't leave till I'd exhausted the entire roll. Uh huh. That's, that's a, uh, that's a hot date. To my teenage self, that was a definite good hot date. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're dating ourselves big time here. Yeah, we kind of are, but too bad. You know what? Get, you know, geek girls and geek boys come in all ages. If we're dating ourselves, doesn't that make us all hermaphrodites? Or very lonely. I rarely leave my house. So. <laughs> well, you rarely have to anymore, just yeah. now that they've come up with, with grocery deliveries. That's true. Amazon even delivers groceries now. So Do they yeah. really? I yeah, didn't oh know gosh, that. Yeah. So, in the 21st century. <laughs> for sure. Totally. So um, what catches your eye these days in terms of the motion picture industry? What do you think uh, What do you think's going right and what do you think is going wrong? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Right's a harder question. Yeah, <laughs> These days, yeah, I'm afraid so. In a world, I, I, in a world I where... Marvel has really redefined uh, the, the, the summer movie experience. I mean, they've just done such a phenomenal job. And, um, and DC is desperately trying to play catch-up. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
if they're going to be able to do it, we'll see. I mean, you guys are aware a few weeks back, they made this massive announcement of, I don't know, it must have been like 20 movies they were going to release and they projected it all the way out to 2017 or something. Um, and that's, and, and, and you know, that's all snake oil because all it takes is one of those movies. I mean, if, if each one is predicated on the success of the previous, all it takes is one to tank an entire line of productions. Yeah, but you know, they're, they're not going to have a green lantern kiddo. Their movies, their, their movies have, uh, had a different approach than mm-hmm. Marvel's, but their movies have been very successful. I mean, all the dark Knight movies made a ton of money. That's true. Um, the Superman movie did very well, despite a lot of, uh, you know, contention among the fans. I think Batman versus Superman is just going to do insane at the box office. And, uh, they've already, they just announced a director for Wonder Woman. Uh, they've got I, all we these heard that was, uh, we couldn't confirm that one. We thought that. Uh, I think it's confirmed. Um, I, you know, I, uh, sadly, I'm more of an operations guy now. I don't mm-hmm. stay as on top of movie news as I used to, but I know that it was a female director, which is right. cool. Well, I know they were talking about signing her, but until it's signed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you guys may very well be more on top of this than I am. I don't know. Yeah. We're um, really meticulous about attributions. If it comes yeah, from yeah. another website. Sure. And, sure. And, but you, and, know, you know what really surprised me was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because based on the concept, like two years ago when we started covering it on the site. I, it wasn't I that big honest, a comic uh, book. What were they thinking? Yeah, a raccoon with a gun. What? I mean, how are you going to make that work in a movie? And um, but it was it was it was probably the most fun I've had at the movies all year. And um, they did a phenomenal job with it. I mean, Marvel they they just can't seem to do wrong. Captain America this year was probably one of my top five movies. I mean, I absolutely love love that movie. I mean, I'm an older guy, right? I don't I don't go to the movies more than once generally. Um, I, I think I went to the theater five times to see, you know, Captain America this year because wow. I thought it was that awesome. Wow. Yeah, I mean, th- that's they, an endorsement. Such a great job. And, and they do, you know, they dial down the comedy for some, they dial it up for others, they make it more fantastical for some. Uh, I mean, they make it less for some. I mean, those guys, I mean, they're on a run. They're, they're on a run. And I really think they've, uh, they've set the bar. I'm hoping DC does great. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Superman versus well, Batman. What DC needs to do to fix it all, in my opinion, is to get the people who write their animated films to write the, the live action features. Right? Those guys, they are so Bruce much Tim. better than they need Bruce to Tim. Hello? Bruce Tim. Yeah. Um, Paul <laughs> Dini. <laughs> in charge of a Batman movie, for God's sake, right? Oh, I mean, oh for heaven's sakes. Know, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Well, and the the problem that I see with the DC movies, and this is you know just from my personal point of view, is that the um, uh, they monkey with it, they monkey with the the foundations of the characters to the point where you're not sure if this is really a direction that uh, that they really ought to go. WWSD, what would Superman do? <laughs> yeah, what would Superman do? Superman would probably definitely not be involved in a story with a kid out of wedlock, for one. Uh, oh, let's not even talk about that one. That, that movie doesn't exist to me. Well, Brandon Ralph's a nice boy. He's he did such a good sister. job. And he, yeah. was he, channeled, he was channeling... Stalker. That works really great. Yeah, yeah. ew. Yeah, ew. That's what you need, a stalker with x-ray vision, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. And that, but, uh, but basically DC has been, uh, they, they've been playing a little more fast and loose with their characters. 
and uh, Superman and they end does up- not kill. He'd have thrown him back in the Phantom Zone in his underwear, but he wouldn't break his neck for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the thing you have to keep in mind with DC is, you know, they they launch their characters like 20, 25 years before Marvel did. So Marvel launched all their characters in, in, in a more contemporary era. So it doesn't take as much fiddling with the Marvel characters to make them fit, you know, the 21st century. Whereas, you know, Superman and Batman, it was, you know, what, back in the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it takes a lot more to bring that up to date because those origins and, and, and those sensibilities – I just hadn't thought don't about work that. with modern day audiences true. as well. I, think. I hadn't. I had. You have a very good point. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. Those yeah. character, their primary, their main characters are twenty and thirty years older than than uh, than Marvels. Yeah, you yeah. Make, yeah. Well, yeah. Most of the major Marvel characters were nineteen early nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. with yeah. the exception of Captain America, which you know obviously goes. Well, that's back true. To well, they and, didn't, and they, but they, they didn't create Captain, Captain America. America uh, relevant for today. Um, without making him come across as, you know, the prototypical Boy Scout, mm-hmm. where they seem to have a harder time doing that with Superman on the DC side in the movies for some reason. Um, and I don't understand. I mean, they have to, they just seem to be... They make hit, farm boys now. Come on. They they just seem to be hitting the gritty button when it, when they can't, when they can't they figure really out, well, they when they can't figure out how to solve the plot problem, they go for the, they go for the gritty problem. You know, they go for gritty yeah. uh, because... Everything's gritty, you know, yeah. so they figure, oh, well, let's let's camouflage it and make it look like everything else and then people will buy it. Meh. Meh. Um, I'll, I'll take gritty over Green Lantern, though, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a sad sigh. I, I love Green sigh. Lantern. You, it, you know. It, it was, it had so much potential. It had so much potential and it was just, it was... I mean, I loved parts of it, but overall as a film, it was kind of a belly flop, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the thing is, there, there are some things that, that and, and we have these arguments on a site all the time, there are some things that just don't translate well from the comic book page to the movie screen. And, and, and uniforms, that, that, that's like one key thing. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, even in uh, one of the Brian Singer X-Men movies, you know, would you prefer yellow spandex? I mean, there's some things that, that you made have me to change because it's live action. It's real people wearing these things. It's not... You know, mm-hmm. hyper drawn, you know, muscular people in a comic book where bright right. colors have always sold. So, Green Lantern, the way I, I just don't know that that concept works in a live action movie, frankly, with big giant fists made out of green energy and stuff like that. They would have to change that significantly. For well, that, that was, you know, that was all from the Hal Jordan era, you know, from the yeah. from the the sixties well, where he had the giant boxing gloves and the. I, I don't know the modern Green Lantern because I'm from you know old school. Yeah, well, well, the whole point is that it, it draws so on the the imagination of the bearer, and and right. and they've actually put some thought into this. One of the Green Lanterns is an architect, so his are often very measured and right. graphical. So there's sure. there's one who is a comic book artist. So a lot of his image is very comic booky. Yeah. Um, in uh, the movie, they they how. Jordan was a sports fan, so a lot of it was sports metaphor, and I kind of dug that actually. Yeah. Baseball yeah. bats. <laughs> but the um, you know the bigger the bigger problem is that uh, they write each one of these movies uh, to be a standalone, and uh, they don't think about how it's going to work with the rest of the films. And um, they did uh, they did the Green Lantern film, and they did the Batman films, 
and they've rebooted Superman. I've lost ho- track of how many times. And, um, and they're not thinking about how these, all of these mesh together into the, into the same universe. Well, the whole point is well, they, they weren't. didn't. Yeah, they, yeah <laughs> they it didn't. didn't. They didn't. They weren't intended yeah. to. That wasn't their plan. Yeah, that it wasn't original. It is now, and now they have a huge now, problem. Because they see how it works for Marvel. Marvel, that was their plan from day one, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. a brilliant plan. And DC, they never thought about it. They were like, oh, we got standalone Batman movies. We got standalone Green Lantern, standalone Batman. And then, uh, uh, Superman, I'm sorry. And they never mm-hmm. saw that this could lead to a shared universe and uh, now they're finally getting it because now they see how marvel's been doing it for years yeah except now they're playing a game of catch-up yeah and and uh it's it's a rather clumsy game of catch-up because you know as you said they they uh they didn't think about it until they saw marvel doing it so now they're in a position of me too yeah. Instead of creating you, though, I'm something, I'm really, really looking forward to Batman versus Superman. I am so looking forward to that. I'm hoping they don't screw the pooch on that one. I hope they do a really good job because I'm very excited about that. Really well, and it, it all comes down to, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I am reminded of the 2009 film uh, I Am Legend with uh, Will yeah. Smith yeah. and that that <laughs> apocryphal poster. There's a long shot early in the film of Times Square with the grass growing. Batman versus the Superman. And there's a Times Batman Square. and a Superman on the screen going, "World's finest, world's finest." Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Going, well, that's science fiction. That'll never happen. To be well, beat, uh, beat. It, it took Ooh. a while, but yeah, they're doing it. Uh, and then, uh, and then you have uh, problems where the studio, where one studio doesn't necessarily own all of its own characters anymore. Well, that's a problem for Marvel, big time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, jeez, so yes. Uh, the, the descriptions of of every day, I I wait to see what stupid thing they've done to the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Let's just call it four. <laughs> They're not very fantastic anymore. Yeah, and Doctor and Doctor I, Doom is a blogger. I have no expectations for that movie. Shoot I, me I, now. Yeah. Put you know, shoot all of us now. Put us all out of our misery. Or, or or just. Or just, uh, uh, ret- instead of retconning the entire history of the Fantastic Four, let's just retcon the production and pretend it never happened. Well, that's what he did with the, you know, the other stuff. Well, you know, I- I'm a pretty cynical person, but, you know, the- if there's one good thing to be said about reboots is it's a it's a chance to wipe the slate and start over again. And you never know if, if something good might might come out of it. I don't know. Well... Uh, there's retcons and there's retcons. How many how many times do we have to sit through the same origin story? Now, when you know, they that, started, they re- they restarted the Hulk and they didn't give the origin story. They just went into another story. Yeah, great. Even, during the pre uh, during the credit opening, they did a, an origin story during the credits, and then That's you enough. were done. Everybody knows the origin of Superman, the origin of Batman, the origin of all these people. Why the hell do you need to put it back into a story in the, in a movie screen again? Like people don't know that. I mean, come on. Well, they're bringing Batman into the the Superman movie continuum without you know going back to shooting his parents. So. Well, actually, they're they, they right. actually they are doing that. That, that uh, <laughs> involves his parents being killed. Well, the whole movie isn't that though. You know, it's it's not it's not going back to the. I shall be a bat. I shall be a bat. There, we're not we're not going to be subjected to that this time. I'm very. Uh, I'm kind of circumspect about the idea of Wonder Woman being a Kryptonian. What? What? Is she a Kryptonian in the what? movie? 
Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to retcon her as as being of Kryptonian origin, and that's why she has what? these superpowers. No, yeah, yeah. I'm what? afraid. I'm afraid well, so. It's, it's, no. That's that's everything I've read says Paradise that. Island. Well, remember in Man of Steel when he when he found uh, the the ship or the Fortress Solitude, whatever the heck it was. There was an open pod. Remember that? There was a pod that was open, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, Supergirl." Well, maybe it was Wonder Woman. I don't know. <laughs> Kara <laughs> Zor-El is, is uh, you know I, I, I don't get hung up on origins as long as they treat the character well I mean um, I, I don't know I mean it, it's we'll see we'll see what happens I don't know it's you know I, I just see these debates endlessly on my website mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, just going really ballistic <laughs> the, the little minutiae uh-huh. of, of you know origins or the costume isn't quite the right shade of blue or whatever I'm like you know what there are people starving in Africa <laughs> You know, I mean, uh-huh. come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well played, sir. Very yeah. good. <laughs> this is every town's, you know, comic guy <laughs> arguing with each other. Yeah, it's like that that uh, comic book store. The guy who runs the comic book store in The Simpsons. That's what I, yeah. Worst fill in the blank ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. But somehow they all read Screen Rant and they like it. How so big is how big is your social sphere? I mean, you started with a, a website, and uh, at the time uh-huh. there wasn't Facebook and Twitter and all of that. Yeah, I know and it was all on site, and, and I've always prided myself on uh, the number of comments we get on the site. We we get a heck of a lot of comments, but um, I don't look at Twitter very often anymore. Um, I think we've probably got over 50,000 Twitter followers and I think we've got over 300,000 Facebook fans. Um, so what do I see represented here on the page? Looking at the page, I see Facebook, Twitter, Google plus Pinterest, um, something I can't recognize and musical notes, musical notes. Why are there uh, iTunes. That's for our oh, podcast. ITunes. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, our podcast has really been quite successful. I can't believe we're well, well beyond episode 100. I don't know how many episodes we have of that thing now. How uh, long is the podcast? Yeah, our, when does that... our podcast had over a million downloads. Um, wow, how often does that I haven't come... figured out how to make any money off of our podcast, but, you know, <laughs> but people love our, our podcast. So. Well, it's sort of a value-added thing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, all it is. Really, uh, you know. Krypton, I mean, Krypton Radio doesn't make a lot of money off the event horizon either, but it sure, is yeah. – uh, it is an important show for us, and it brings in uh, it brings in a, a listening audience that had been sort of left dangling in the breeze for a long time. It, it's yeah. we we uh, we interview science fiction writers primarily, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, also other people of interest, uh-huh. to, to the you show. know, like you. Uh, and uh, but we find that our our social media is probably two thirds of our game at the moment. Really? Wow. You know, and, and, and this seems to be true of most of the other, um, pop media, pop culture websites, uh, uh, where, uh, where we personally know the people that run them. They all, they're all saying pretty much the same thing. So you have yeah. to be on every level. Oh, and it's so much work. It fragments your message. Yeah. And that's, it's a ton. It's just a ton of work. It is. It really is. And, and you have to decide where to cut your losses and where to do uh, more like auto. Mm-hmm. Auto posting stuff and where to spend actual time mm-hmm. handcrafting, um, you know, uh, engaging descriptions and things like that. Because, like Pinterest, I mean, we have a Pinterest account just so somebody doesn't snag screen wrap. 
on Pinterest, right? I right. mean, you know, the, we, we don't exactly cater to the Pinterest demographic, uh-huh. but you know, we, we post stuff, stuff on Pinterest and stuff. But, you know, really our bread and butter is Facebook and Twitter, you know. Uh-huh. Um, we've got a Tumblr site, you know. I don't really pay that much attention to it. I'm too old to really be on Tumblr, so... <laughs> it is. It is for the uh, sixteen to twenty-two set. It, it is. It absolutely is. This is yeah. why we have teenagers to guide us through these things. Yeah, <laughs> and fortunately, yes, we do. We actually have teenager advisors who yeah. help us with that. We got one high school. I have one myself. So. Yeah. Ah. So that helps. Yeah. So how how much input does your teenager have on what goes on? You know what? Really, um, not much because she thinks I'm doing an awesome job already. So okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've but got, if she my, goes my, home. Are, my entire crew, they're like, you know, 30 and below. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they're all plugged in and I listen to them and, uh, and follow their lead now on, on stuff because, you know, I, I, every day that goes by, I get further and further beyond the target demographic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Keeps you, you know, young, I really kind of let them take the lead editorially. I mean, I actually sent them an email uh, today you know, giving them kudos on what a great job they're doing and saying basically on the content side, I feel like if I could get hit by a bus and the site would go on because they totally have that, that side of things handled. I, I, I very rarely uh, stick my nose in, in their business over there because they're doing such a great job. That's yeah, superb. That's the best praise ever, isn't it? That is. How many, how many people on your staff now? Oh, man. Uh, total, I've got close to 30 people. You know, a lot of them are mm-hmm. part-time. But, that's but about that's this. You might be interested to know that that's about the same size that Nerdist Industries has. Really? Yeah, and they have about like five hundred times of uh, screen range. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and they have, uh, but they're doing it all with about thirty people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when yeah, you have well, they're getting paid. Backing, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to uh, to get things done uh, at a higher level. So I'm I'm totally bootstrapped. You know, cash in, cash out every month. I had to grow it organically. Um, so, boy, that sounds familiar. Yeah, right. So, um, oh, look at the dog. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Our for our listeners at home, uh, we are talking to Vic Holtrman of uh, ScreenRant.com and GameRant.com. You're listening to Krypton Radio, uh, and, and this hearing. is episode eighty of the Event Horizon. And the snarfling that you're hearing is our dog Nemo. <laughs> Who has picked this moment to come up for some cuddles and in playtime? That's pop culture for any generation. It's Little Nemo, it's Captain Nemo, or it's Finding Nemo. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, to continue on that vein, where do you think? uh, Where do you think the major vulnerabilities in the modern pop pop culture uh, motion picture? Motion pigeon, motion motion picture industry. (laughs) When an animal kicked. That that, Um, that sounds like the penguins of Madagascar. That actually goes back to an old joke about the first Star Trek movie that was so long, everybody was demanding a shorter version. They called it Star Peck the Motion Pigeon. Who who said that? I don't remember. (laughs) A lot of fans. Okay, you're strange. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the question was, where do you think the modern pop cu- pop culture motion picture market's vulnerabilities are right now? Oh, brother. Um, you don't ask small questions. Geez, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for a while I thought that um, superhero movies were kind of uh, reaching the saturation point. 
But as long as they keep making them well, well made, making them good, and um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, people can get tired of sequelitis, and mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that really gets on my nerves is when they keep mining our childhood for uh, for movies ideas. You know, keep going back to the '60s to cartoons and TV shows and and things like that. I, you know, I, I think I, I wish I'd see some more uh, originality. But, uh, you know, I saw something recently that was a box office report, and it showed how much money sequels and remakes do compared to original concept movies. And it, it, it just, you know, they blow they blow original concept movies out of the water box office-wise. So I can see why well, that studios keep going back to that well, uh, because that's where the money is. And, and frankly, you know, if you cut everything else away, uh, movie studios are in business to make money, not to make art. Mm -hmm. So, um, Susan, I, I think know, I should I, start working on that script for My Mother the Car. Oh, what do you think? I'm you, dude. That's it. You know, George Clooney is squiddly diddly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Warner owns the whole Vienna Barbera, you know, rack there, you know, wacky races. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, you broke the host. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just keep seeing them like try and revisit these old. What was the? What was uh? Was it Land of the Lost? With, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the re. As a matter of fact, I worked on that movie. Well, uh, did you really? Yeah, the, I worked at Rhythm and Use. Uh, we you did. Were too young to have worked on the show. No, yeah, I too much. was forty obviously, years ago. Obviously, but I worked on the. Uh, I worked on the motion picture. I worked in the training department at Rhythm and Hughes, and we did all the animation and, and visual effects for that. Really? See, I didn't. I didn't. Know yeah, it's that. a it's a small planet, a really small planet. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. think there, I think uh, there I are mean, forty I'll people honest, on the whole I didn't planet. You can see it, but when I read about some of the stuff that was in there, like you know, sexual innuendo, jokes, and and, and double entendres and stuff, I'm like, no. seriously, this is what they put in this movie that was based on. A, a show I enjoyed as a child on Saturday mornings. It, it, it's just, that uh, was actually science fiction. I mean, it was cheesy, but it was yeah, well scripted. It was time travel. Yeah. It, yeah, it was time travel. There it were alien aliens. races, alien technologies. Uh, it had a story arc, which was unusual yeah. for shows at that time. Uh, and everything made sense. Yeah. In, in, it, every, everything held its context. And, uh, uh, David Gerald wrote all of that. Really? Yeah, he's doing a panel on it this coming weekend at LostCon. We'll have to report on that later. He wrote the um, the novelizations of the old Star Trek TV episodes, didn't he? No, that was um, uh, James Blish did did most. Oh, of Oh, that's right. I used to love reading those. Okay, David. Yeah, we, know, we've I got know. a few so, of them. Uh, several authors uh, did those, but James Blish is the one that James comes Blish to mind. James Blish did the ones for the the original series. Yeah, uh, yeah, I used to love those. Alan Dean Foster wrote them up. And and mightily expanded upon uh, the Star Trek animated episodes, and that kicked off his career as, as doing film adaptations. He is one of the worst kept secrets in fandom is that uh, Alan Dean Foster ghost wrote the original Star Wars novel I did, I from, from an earlier version of the script, which is why some people are not named what you think they should be named, <laughs> Star Killer and all that. Well, and, and wow, I did not know that. That's <laughs> okay. Every now and then, 
I mean, we're usually in tune, and every now and then she comes up with something I've I've never heard before and that I didn't know. So um, let's. I'm see. trying desperately to hold my own here because I'm so outside <laughs> of movie news loop right now. You know now. what? You say that, but we're really interested in you know how how you started it and and how you keep it going and that you keep it going. There are no age lines here. Nope. You nope. you know. You're holding your own in the world of under thirty geeks, and thank you very much. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Um, it looks to me like Screen Rant is sort of a mature product at this point. Do you have uh, Do you have plans to do any other rants? Any other rants? Well, you got Scream Rant, you got Game Rant. Uh, you could do people anything. People have asked me that before, and I just don't have the energy for it. Fair I enough. mean, these days it, it, it's so hard without investment bank, uh, banker backing to launch a site from scratch and grow it. I, I, I just don't have, I just don't have the, the, the mental or emotional energy to do that. I mean, um, I'll just stick with screen round and game round for now. I, 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 I don't have it in me. I don't have the passion to start up like a comics rant or, or, or something like that. Um, but so I'm, I'm, I'm quite satisfied with what I have going on right now. Could, could be anything. Soap rant, hip hop rant. Oh yeah, that's right up my alley. Well, but you but but you obviously know how to hire the right people with the passion for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been uh it's been a lot of fun talking to you, Vic. I've really uh-huh. appreciate we've really appreciated having you on on the show this evening. You've been listening to episode 80 of the Event Horizon on Krypton Radio. And our guest this evening has been Vic Halterman. Uh, the president and CEO of and creator of ScreenRant and GameRant.com. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been great having you. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been fun. I really appreciate it. See, I told you to turn out good. <laughs> <laughs> you have just heard episode 81 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for December 6th, 2014. Our guest has been Vic Holterman, creator and SCO of ScreenRant.com and winner of the 2014 Geeky Awards for Best Website. Your hosts have been Krypton Radio Station Manager Gene Turnbow and our executive producer Susan Fox. This episode will air again on December 7th, 2014 at 4 p.m. Pacific and at various times throughout the coming week. See the Krypton Radio website at KryptonRadio.com for showtimes in your area. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others as downloads at the Krypton Radio website and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by Mark Schermeister. The engineer was played by Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by legendary science fiction writer Larry Niven. Our production manager is Cat Carter. And sound engineering was done by Gene Turnbow. This program and its contents, except where provided by others, are copyright 2014 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>